Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Davis Political Review podcast. We are this week's hosts. I'm Elsa Feltz, the founder of this podcast. And I'm Shreya Chenam, a DPR editor. As we seek to discuss and inform the student body about current events happening around the world, today we'll be discussing the Kosovo crisis. At the end of May 2023, many Serbians began a movement of demonstration in the north of Kosovo, right next to the Serbian border, to protest against the taking of new Albanian mayors in what used to be a Serbian territory. Since then, the level of tension has further increased, with violent confrontations occurring between the protesters and the special police. While we could think that such demonstrations are nothing unusual, they do revive regional tensions around Kosovo's status, still unresolved to this day. So as NATO forces just started intervening to ease the tensions, what does this escalation of tension tell us about this 15-year-old country located in Eastern Europe in the very center of the Balkans? Let's start with the beginning. What is Kosovo? The situation of Kosovo is pretty unique, and to fully understand it, we need to take a leap back in time. We are in 1998. At that time, Kosovo was part of Serbia, but unlike the rest of Serbia, this province was mostly inhabited by Muslims, who were severely oppressed by the Serbs. In reality, specialists even use the term apartheid. The Kosovo people were completely marginalized by the Serbian community, who implemented a series of discriminations Discriminatory measures against them, such as, for instance, the prohibition to teach in the Albanian language in school. It is in this very context that the Kosovo conflict burst, violently opposing ethnic Albanians to ethnic Serbs and the government of Yugoslavia. The first year of the war was marked by an excessive use of force and ethnic cleansing perpetuated by Yugoslav and Serbian forces against the Albanian people. In 1999, the war finally ended with the intervention of NATO forces. Indeed, NATO decided to support the Albanian people. And thus launched a massive bombing campaign on Serbia, destroying bridges, roads, and targeting the capital city, Belgrade. This eventually forced Serbian troops to retreat. And following that, the Serbian population felt no longer protected, so it decided to leave Kosovo. Firefighters, postal workers, policemen, within a week, almost 100% of Serbs had left the territory. A form of inverted ethnic cleansing took place, as previously oppressed Albanians were now in power. Only some Serbians remain in the north of Kosovo, in a few villages that remain up to this day populated by the Serbian community. So with that radical political change, Kosovo took a new turn. Peace was progressively restored, and in the meantime, the greater Yugoslavia broke down into independent states, with Serbia and Montenegro being separated. For his part, Kosovo had become a country that wasn't really a country. So in 2008, it finally decided to formally declare its independence from Serbia. Yet, this was not accepted by Serbia, who to this day still doesn't recognize Kosovo's autonomy. Kosovo was the place of birth of Serbia, so the very idea of Kosovo being a separate country remains unthinkable to many Serbians. Since then, Kosovo is thus a controversial topic and most importantly, the scene of high tension, especially in the north where Albanian and Serbian Serbian communities coexist. To preserve order and peace, NATO forces have besides never left the region. Okay, so now that we know more about Kosovo, let's dive into the current tensions. 
First of all, what was the starting point of these new tensions that just emerged at the end of May? So as we've seen before, the country has always been under stress, but this has been exacerbated in the north of Kosovo. To be clear, North Kosovo is divided into four municipalities and the population there is almost exclusively ethnic Serb. Most are still very close to Serbia and loyal to the Serbian president. So the Kosovo government never really managed to gain control over this region which is controlled by ethnic Serbs in power in local institutions. Yet, in November 2022, as the central government tried to introduce new license plate regulations to ban plates issued by the Serbian government and replace them with Kosovan plates, these local elected Serbs massively resigned as a sign of protest against what they saw as the beginning of a new ethnic cleansing. To overcome the institutional vacuum that has reigned since November, municipal elections were thus to take place in April 2023 in North Kosovo. Those were nonetheless highly contested by the ethnic Serb population who decided to impose a boycott by not voting. As a result, the turnout rate didn't even reach 4%. And since Serbians didn't vote, the elected mayors were all elected by non-ethnic Serbs. So all mayors were Albanians. Though they were democratically elected, we cannot really say that they were legitimate, at least not in the eyes of the local Serbians. So on the day these mayors were supposed to take office, the Serbian community decided to protest to block them from taking power. Yet, as the police were deployed, the demonstration turned into violent confrontations and the situation rapidly escalated. NATO troops thus came as reinforcements which further aggravated the tensions. In fact, Serbians never forgot NATO intervention in 1999 that violently pushed back the Serbian population away from Kosovo. In Serbians' mind, NATO is therefore an aggressor and this had international implications. Because of this historical legacy, Serbia holds an ambivalent position. On the one hand, Serbia applied to join the EU bloc. This suggests its support for European values and its willingness to adhere to this greater peaceful union. Serbia is also already very much oriented towards Europe on an economic standpoint. The country is one of Europe's main production areas. For example, the territory counts several German companies that by themselves provide not less than 75,000 jobs to the Serbian population. These firms are thus major employer ups, which are essential to Serbia's economic prosperity. Yet, on the other hand, Serbia looks unfavorably at the NATO organization, which is a purely Western product. In addition to that, Serbia is strongly against recognizing Kosovo's status as an independent country, which is the position adopted by 101 member states in the world, the majority of which are Western countries and part of NATO, Germany, Canada, France and the USA. For this reason, Serbia has also been normalizing relations with Russia and China. Russia and China have common interests with Serbia, among which they opposition to the Western world, but also economic interests, especially for gas, as Serbia heavily relies on Russia for its gas supply. In addition to that, both Russia and China support Serbia's diplomatic stance with regard to Kosovo, as they both never gave their diplomatic recognition to Kosovo. This rapprochement is nevertheless viewed with suspicion by the European Union, which doesn't like Serbia's twofold stance. The EU is especially worried about regional peace. With the recent invasion of Russia and Ukraine, Balkan stability has been challenged, and the fact that Serbia chose to not join European sanctions against Russia doesn't reassure 
reassure the West in Serbia's contribution to restore peace locally. The tense political climate of Kosovo is thus not only a local issue, but also a subject of international attention. While confrontations have been escalating in the north, Kosovo became a battlefield between regional communities and between foreign powers who are waging an ideological war to defend their own values and vision of the world. Okay. So the peace between Kosovo and Serbia has never been so fragile as it is right now, and international powers disagree on the Balkan situation. But what has been the concrete reaction of Serbia and of other countries? Firstly, Serbia. With the escalation of violence in North Kosovo, the Serbian president Aleksandar Vuc instantaneously decided to declare the maximum state of alert. In a few hours, Serbian troops were thus paired and on the move to be positioned at the border ready for intervention. Likewise, both the US, Germany, France, the UK and Italy have also immediately condemned Kosovo's attitude, calling for urgent de-escalation and easing the tension. Since the very beginning, all have criticized Kosovo's decision to install ethnic Albanian mayors in northern Kosovo by forcible means. Yet, the Kosovo government chose to first ignore those comments, forcing the establishment of new mayors into municipal buildings and removing Serbian flags. Of course, this has inflamed ethnic tensions as local Serbians didn't accept to be imposed what they considered to be illegitimate political leaders. So they went out on the streets to manifest their dissatisfaction to which Kosovo's government responded by deploying its police. This all quickly ended up in a tragic escalation of violence. Both the US and the European Union immediately accused the Kosovan authorities of destabilizing the situation in North Kosovo. For its part, Russia rushed to provide its support for Serbs without questions, calling for the right of ethnic Serbs in North Kosovo to be respected. The NATO organization also firmly condemned this violence and called to immediately cease this confrontation. It also announced the shipment of new forces on the field to make sure that the KFOR is able to maintain security. More broadly, it is of the entire international community that has called for peace. Whether the Italian Prime Minister or the French Foreign Affair Minister, many important political figures have expressed their disagreement with this violence, all calling Belgrade and Pristina to gather around the table of negotiation to find compromise. Indeed, with the war in Ukraine at the gates of Europe, European countries and allies don't want to take any risk in compromising regional stability. Therefore, they've all been actively trying to bring Serbia and Kosovo together, find some kind of agreement without any major success yet. We've seen unexpected reactions by prominent personalities. The most remarkable one is for sure that of the world tennis player star Novak Djokovic. On the 29th of May, as he just finished his game in the French Open of Rome, he took position by writing on the TV camera, Kosovo is the art of Serbia. Stop the violence. As a Serbian himself, this message is political and has sparked international interest, further emphasizing the seriousness of the situation. Serbian President Vucic also announced in the wake that he would very soon meet both Russia and China. Okay, so now that we've understood the crisis itself and its stakes, what can we expect to happen in the upcoming weeks and years? Unfortunately, tensions between Kosovo and Serbia are very likely to persist in the future. This is because the two parties don't want to reconsider their current position. On the one hand, Serbia doesn't want to recognize Kosovo's independence, but on the other hand, Kosovo won't negotiate much about the situation of ethnic Serbians and North Kosovo without this advancement. We thus end up in a dead end where agreements cannot be reached. For instance, in the most recent round of talk, 
the Serbian president reaffirmed his refusal to sign an agreement providing both mutual recognition of Serbia and Kosovo and a degree of autonomy for Serbs in northern Kosovo. This deadlock is very problematic for regional stability and hence the potential advance of Russian troops within the Balkans. Therefore, NATO troops are to remain for long until Serbia eventually agrees to somehow acknowledge Kosovo's state. In the meantime, the European Union has tried intervening to bring both presidents back to the table of negotiation. Both France and Germany have met the political leader in Moldova to call for organizing new elections in these four municipalities of North Kosovo while ensuring the participation of ethnic Serbians. Yet, as it is very often the case in conflict, both sides have a tendency to pass the bet. For example, Kosovan president said that if these elections aren't possible, it is the Serbian government's fault in encouraging ethnic Serbs to boycott their poll. Such a claim ignores any role of Kosovo's leadership amidst this crisis. Yet, on the optimistic side, Serbia and Kosovo are seeking EU membership, which would only be possible if they get along. Since both countries are aware of that, they know that they have to reach some agreements for their membership to be approved. This could thus tip the scales in in favor of rapid discussion, negotiations, and agreements that are yet to be seen. To recap, the current situation in Kosovo is very complex. Because of its historical legacy, this issue cannot be simply resolved by implementing new elections. For long-term stability and regional peace to be effectively ensured, Serbia and Kosovo must both accept making important compromise. This means first accepting to go back to the table of negotiation. Fortunately, foreign powers can help create the condition for that to happen. Hence, the recent interventions from political leaders all over the world. Yet in the end, the solution to this crisis crisis mainly depends on Kosovan and Serbian authorities to acknowledge the past and move forward. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. All sources can be found in the show notes. If you have any thoughts or questions, please reach out to us on our social media at Davis Political Review. We hope you have a great day.